Hello everyone, uh, <laughs> I have no way to preface this without sounding stupid, but I like talking, so I've decided to make a podcast. Um, disclaimer, um, I'm just gonna be talking about whatever I want, basically, and uh, yeah, um, I have ADHD, so I might get distracted or sidetracked a lot. But that doesn't matter. What matters is that I'm having fun and I'm enjoying it. (laughs) I would also like to add a disclaimer that I live in a very loud house. And I am recording this off my phone's microphone. So it might not be the best. That being said, let's get started. Um, (laughs) This feels so awkward to do. So the topic I've decided to talk about today is gender, sexuality, um, being in the LGBTQ plus, um, representation in media, movies, TV, um, music, literally any, any other thing that comes to mind when you think about media. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is, um, my personal experiences and, um, where I fall exactly in the community. Um, as most of you know, because this is probably just going to be commonly shared around my friends and I doubt it'll get any reach besides that, but I am non-binary and I'm bisexual and my pronouns are he, him, and it's taken me quite a lot to get to a point where I feel comfortable with my labels. Um, I first... I first had an idea that I might not be straight, I think, when I was really young, maybe 11 or 12-ish. There was this girl I went to middle school with who I thought was really pretty, and um, I've been on the internet a lot, so once I kind of figured out, oh, like, there's a thing called being bisexual, and I kind of just stuck with that label from that point out. And I guess I didn't really have an exact meaning on what it meant to be bisexual. Just that I kind of didn't just like guys and maybe liked people who weren't guys. And I don't know, I I, I found the label and it stuck with me. So yeah, that's, that's, that's how I got to that. But that's not to say that my labels didn't fluctuate a lot through the past few years. Because obviously, as you grow older, as you learn more about yourself, your labels tend to change. And that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly normal. And I don't like how we as a community kind of shun people. Or not shun. Maybe that's a bit dramatic. But we kind of like shame people for changing labels a lot. Or not sticking to one identity. Or anything like that. And it's, it's, it just, it sucks, honestly, because sexuality is so incredibly fluid, and it takes so much to figure out who you are and what you're comfortable with, and all of the things that make you as a person you. So why should we um, shame people for figuring it out, for testing out different things to see what's in their comfort zone and what isn't? So, like I said... I figured out I was bisexual at a very early age. Um, But my labels did change a lot. Um, I did did go 
a constant kind of like a constant back and forth between being a bisexual for preference for women being a bisexual for preference for men being a lesbian being um a gay trans dude um i went through a lot of changes honestly and i can't fully say that this is what i'm gonna be identifying with for the rest of my life but as of right now it's been um a little over a year and i feel comfortable with it i feel comfortable with what i'm at right now so sexuality was kind of the easier part for me i just figured out that i wasn't straight and even though my labels changed a lot my feelings about that didn't change no like i always knew like i wasn't i wasn't fully straight i wasn't fully cisgender um but that's that's a different topic um my gender um me figuring out my gender was kind of more of um oh wow, people are referring to me as a woman, as a girl, and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right to me personally, regardless of whatever thoughts I may or may not have had about my body. I've, I don't think I've ever, like, truly fallen into the stereotypical, like, transgender story, or, like, cliche, or line, or whatever else of being born into the wrong body. And that's not to say that people who do say that are being cliche or whatever, because I fully believe that, you know, some people do feel that way. Um, for me personally, it kind of comes and goes. Sometimes I feel very comfortable in my own skin. Sometimes I just want to do a full 180, get top surgery, uh, start hormones, all of that. But for the most part, I can say I've been pretty comfortable in my body when I've been given the freedom to express it the way I want it to. And that's another thing. Um, gender expression i i recently moved out out of a very toxic household um living with my mother and she kind of did not give me the freedom to express myself the way i wanted to she would always try and feminize me and that's not something i was ever fully comfortable with i'm comfortable with being feminine on my own terms but when it's forced upon you for someone else, um, it, it just sucks. And that can be said for a lot of things, honestly. It's not just um, being feminized or being masculinized. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> but it can be said for a lot of things, really. When, when, you give, when you're given the freedom to do it on your own time and your own terms, and the way you feel most comfortable doing it, it's so much easier than when someone forces you into it. That being said, I did fluctuate a lot of my gender. Um, I've kind of been constantly been racking back and forth between if I'm non-binary or if I'm a trans guy, because I do f fall pretty close to being a trans guy, at least on the gender spectrum. I fall pretty close to it, because I'd say I'm like maybe 70 percent masculine 30 percent feminine in my identity at least my expression is a whole other story i'm pretty feminine i'd like to say or maybe like feminine leaning androgynous because I, I wear makeup and stuff i like wearing i don't know short sh shirts um i don't know just a bunch of things that have been 
classified as quote-unquote feminine by society, right? And it just makes sense to me to not fully identify as a trans guy, at least with my own definition of gender, because being neurodivergent, I do view gender slightly differently. So it's not really black and white for me more than it is oh like i don't have to strictly fall under feminine or masculine i can be something in between i can be something leaning close to masculine some days i can be feminine some days i can be masculine some days i can be androgynous and it doesn't really matter now (laughs) if you think about it it doesn't really matter to anyone who isn't you like yes obviously living as a queer person in a society where homophobia is normalized especially if you live in a country where it's illegal it's it's something that's so complicated but at the end of the day you will find people who are accepting of the way that you view yourself but that's not even what's most important what's most important is you being comfortable with how you present yourself and the way you express your identity and the pronouns you use and just doing what makes you feel most comfortable in your own skin that's that's the most important thing and this especially applies to queer people who are living with um transphobic families homophobic families living um in places where it's illegal which is something i did for a very long time i'm egyptian i'm from egypt um over there it's the country and the country's law and religion are very intertwined and society just generally it's just it's it's very hard to be a queer person living in a country where you basically can't be but um in the more recent years um our society has kind of been growing a little bit obviously the majority are still homophobic but i can i can say that the queer community in egypt has been increasing which is a good thing because the more people who are representative of a minority the more someone will feel comfortable being part of that minority I don't know if the way I'm phrasing this is confusing, but I know for a fact that I got way more comfortable in my own skin once I met people who were queer in a country where it's not allowed to be, basically. I I know I felt more comfortable with people who didn't misgender me, didn't deadname me, accepted me for who I was and who I am and who I loved, which is... It's just an amazing feeling when you first find out and you find out there's a whole community of people who are exactly like you or similar to you and you just get to be yourself around them. It's it's a feeling of euphoria I don't think a lot of things will compare to. That being said, I don't think the experience lessens for people who are living in a country where it's legal to be gay. I don't think that experience lessens at all because 
as a queer person, you never stop coming out. Like, as sad as it is to say, we as society have not evolved enough to the point where people don't have to come out, if that makes any sense. We, we being queer people, constantly have to come out and tell people our identities, at least to some level, if you're not trying to be closeted. And that's another thing I wanted to talk about, being closeted. Oh man, um, I don't think I could ever fully say that I was closeted. Maybe in more of my IRL circles, sure. But I, I don't think I was ever fully closeted to my online friends, for example, who I spent a huge portion of my life growing up with. Because again, being, being queer in a country where you're not allowed to be, it kind of really isolates you from everybody else because you feel like, oh, like, I'm different. I don't fit in. You know, I... All of the people who went to my school were definitely straight. At least the people in my class, at least the people I knew of. And not a whole lot of them are accepting. I have maybe one queer friend from that school. Maybe two. But, um, point being, um, like I said, I don't think I was ever fully closeted. And as I grew up more, and I had to start being more closeted in more IRL spaces, and just had to conceal my identity, it honestly... It was very upsetting. It's it's very upsetting to not be able to fully be yourself because not everyone will agree with it. And at at my current age, which is <laughs> 19 going on 20, I I can say that while I'm maybe a lot more closeted than I used to be, I'm also not at the same time. I have plenty of friends who aren't just like online friends who I'm like fully out to it just it brings me comfort it brings me comfort to be fully myself with people who I see on a day-to-day basis and honestly it's a very freeing feeling it's a very 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 freeing feeling And not just people who I'm out to, but people who are also out to me. And it's such a shift moving to a country where this kind of stuff is perfectly legal. And that's not to say homophobia doesn't exist in spaces like this, because obviously it does. Homophobia exists in a huge portion of the world, whether it's legal or not. Because people will always find a way to be bigots. People will always find a way to interfere in someone else's happiness or someone else's life. And as sad as that is, it also creates a kind of like union feeling. Like just being in solidarity with a bunch of other queer people. I think... Even though homophobia is obviously a very horrible thing. And I 
God, I wish it wasn't so normalized. But it is also nice to find people who are similar to you, who have similar views as you, who just get you. That's that's really important. I It took me so long to learn that, to be in spaces where people will fully accept you for who you are. It It took so long to realize that I don't have to surround myself with people who aren't fully accepting of me, of my identity. I don't have to do that because in life, you really only should surround yourself with the people who make you happy. And this obviously doesn't apply to family and stuff. If you're in a position where you, your family are bigoted and you have a freedom to cut them off for your well-being, I full speed ahead, go for it. But in cases like mine, where I live with my family who are mostly bigoted, and in cases where thousands of hundreds of thousands of other queer kids who are just like me living in spaces where they cannot fully be who they are it is just so empowering to find a group of people who understand you who truly love you for who you are regardless of who or what you present yourself as for who or what you love it's just such a freeing feeling to have people who will always be on your side and not shun you, not imprison you, not try to ruin your life. Just among other horrifying things that closeted queer people have to face. That being said, I'm very grateful for all of my friends. I'm very grateful for all of my loved ones who support me who have it in their hearts to not be awful, to not hate on somebody for something as beautiful as love is. I might have gotten a little sidetracked on that one, but honestly, I didn't want this to be like something where it's so heavily edited down and it's so... There are jump cuts, like, every second. Like, yes, I will be editing a bit of this because I <laughs> I ramble a lot and I stutter and stuff. And that's that's perfectly normal. But for the most part, I can say maybe about <laughs> 95% of this will be very raw and uncut. But again, that's that's very besides the point. Another thing I want to talk about is queer representation in media this this one this this specific topic is so important to me and it's the reason i decided to talk about this in the first place it's the reason i decided to talk about being queer and my experiences as a queer person and everything that i've seen is because i've when i first found my first piece of queer media i just felt so represented i've i felt like i saw myself in these people and it's hard to say what exactly was my first 
piece of media that had LGBTQ plus representation in it. It's hard to say, but probably the most prominent one for me, the one that really helped me develop as a person, would have to be Shameless, the US version. And I know time and time again, queer people have talked about how awful this show is. And you know what? I agree. (laughs) It's horribly bigoted. It really is, and it's very triggering, and it's not for the faint of heart, to say the least. But I found this show when I was um, between the ages of 13 and 14. I don't, I can't give an exact time frame, but I'd have to say between 2015 and 2016. And while I had technically been out for a few years as a bisexual woman, I hadn't even dipped my pool into possibly not being a woman in the first place. So when I watched that show, and when I saw um, the most prominent gay couple on that show, um, Ian Gallagher and Mickey Milkovich, I saw that, and I kind of had this thought. I was like, hmm, I want to be into men, but the way that men are into men. And I didn't think much of it at the time, because I was, again, I was very young when this happened, and I don't think I fully processed being bisexual yet. Like, I knew. I definitely knew. But I don't think I had fully processed it, and fully understood what it meant to be queer. Despite probably what 13, 14-year-old me thought, I don't think I fully processed that. So, when I watched that show... And one of the main characters that I talked about, um, Ian Gallagher, he's gay. And this is a, I don't want to say plotline, but like you, you, we learn that he's gay very early on to the show. I think maybe the pilot or the second episode. And I'm pretty sure this was my first piece of queer media that probably like wasn't like a song or something like an actual tv show like a full fleshed fleshed out tv show with plot lines and episodes and seasons and everything that a tv show has it was just it was very impactful on me to see somebody who was just out there living his truth which is a phrase i hate saying but it's true just saw somebody who's out there living his truth and his family didn't resent him for it actually most of them didn't really care the only person who really cared was um his older brother lip but that was mostly because he hadn't told him like he was closeted up until that point and the way he found out was just like not very pleasant but that's that's besides the point um no one really cared that he was gay and that was something that was so different to see because again 13 14 year old me still living in egypt place where it's very illegal very taboo very not normalized um it was just it was insane to see because obviously living there my whole life i hadn't really gotten a chance to see a world where that was the norm or a world where somebody could be gay and 
not be scrutinized for it. It was very groundbreaking to me, you know, at such a young age, to see somebody who's similar to me, in the sense that he experiences same-sex attraction, which, again, I don't think was something I fully comprehended, at least the weight of it. I don't think I fully comprehended the weight of homophobia and what it meant to be an out gay person. I don't, I don't think I fully understood that. And I honestly can't blame myself because this was, again, six, seven years ago. So the resources that we had back then the resources that I had access to were much different than the resources we have access to now. The world wasn't as developed as it is now, and that's something that changes on a daily basis, because everywhere you look, the world is constantly changing. Um, a few weeks back, Canada banned conversion therapy, which might not seem like a huge deal because it's like why was this there in the first place but the fact that they got an entire country to change the law about that it's just it's groundbreaking i i love i love to see change for the better and yes there are a lot of things wrong with the world and homophobia isn't gonna suddenly be wiped out in canada because they banned conversion therapy and I'm sure some people will still find a way to do it illegally. I'm just, while this might not seem like a huge change right now to people who maybe live outside of Canada, who live inside Canada but don't really feel the weight of this, it might not seem like a huge change, but the world wasn't made in a day. The world wasn't made in a day. The laws weren't made in a day. The legal system is constantly changing. Everything about the world that we live in is constantly changing every single day. Every single minute of every single day, somebody out there is working to change the world. Maybe for the better, maybe for the worse. And we'll never know until these changes are announced. And even then... There are so many things going on in the world that we'll never know anything about. So, to me, seeing that as a young queer person, to see that this show took a step into pushing out maybe not so positive queer representation, but a little better than the usual homophobia and transphobia we're used to seeing in TV and media and movies and all that. It was it was groundbreaking to me. It was it changed my world. Which I know maybe might not hold much magnitude to a lot of people might not hold a lot of weight. But every step somebody takes in their identity every decision we make to include more people in media to give more representation to outshine the negative representation of the positive representation will help one person at the very least so again to see that was just it was insane. It had a huge impact on the person who I am today. This happened in the later seasons, I think. 
maybe yeah like season seven season eight of the show the show has 11 seasons it ended on 11 seasons um they introduced a character whose name is trevor and trevor is a trans male and i cannot begin to explain the impact this had on me and obviously this was years after the show started airing i was a little older i honestly i don't remember how old i was when i watched that season but i don't think i had fully been out as trans i don't think i began to question my gender to um a more serious level if that makes any sense so to see that again was really groundbreaking for me because the representation they had for him wasn't even under a negative light versus maybe some of the homophobia we've seen like the earlier seasons because this show aired very early on it aired in i think i believe 2011 so by then it was still normal to make uh edgy edgy media um constantly include homophobia transphobia whatever you name it and it's still normalized to this day but it was way more common back then than it is now cuz now we have uh you know working brains <laughs> but to see the shift in the representation was just it was great and this this was a show that reached a huge audience like i can i can't say that oh like hundreds of people that i know have seen this show cuz obviously not you know not everybody's going to consume media especially a show like that where it's very inherently bigoted and not politically correct guess getting getting somebody to watch that in this day and age is not the easiest thing but it's very understandable um i personally do not <laughs> watch a lot of bigoted media by choice there are exceptions to every rule and while i hate that me- some media has to be bigoted because of the time it was made at um for the most part i don't actively choose to watch bigoted media point being um this show had a huge audience and and i'm just talking as one person one singular person who I'm not going to say entire life changed, but a huge part of myself that I had no idea about was discovered through that show. And I'm sure that's the case for a lot of other people too. I'm sure some people after watching that show realized that they were gay, realized that they were trans, realized that they were a lesbian, so on and so forth. Because that's the impact of representation of media when you see somebody who's like you when you see somebody who is similar to you and you get to watch them interact with people in their day-to-day lives and see that their sexuality or their gender 
doesn't affect their interactions with other people in a negative way, it's beautiful. It's, it's truly, it's so beautiful. And I'm so happy, so incredibly over the moon that I get to live in a time where a lot of queer people are being positively represented in media. I'm incredibly happy about it. And obviously, Shameless isn't the only piece of queer media out there. There are several movies, several TV shows, several songs, several pieces of art, several games. Because our impact as queer people on the world is constantly changing it. Another piece of media I love recommending to people with my entire heart is the movie Moonlight, made in 2016. Oh my god. When I tell you guys the impact this movie had on me was so severe, I'm not even exaggerating. So, Moonlight is a beautiful movie. It's an A24 movie. It won an Oscar in <laughs> that one year. It got mixed up with La La Land when they accidentally announced La La Land as the winners of the Oscar and then they were like, oops, sorry, we read the wrong card. The winner is actually Moonlight. That's one of my favorite (laughs) Oscar moments of all time. Probably my favorite, actually. Just (laughs) the excitement (laughs) in announcing an Oscar and then just being like, oops, sorry. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) So... The reason I recommend this movie so heavily is because uh, there's one quote from that movie that was very influential in me and I'm sure thousands of people as well. Um, It's a scene between um, two characters, Little and Juan. Um, I might be mispronouncing his name, I haven't seen the movie in a while. But um, Little is... um, a child that this adult man one kind of takes in um you know and like kind of has like a father-son relationship with and in one of the scenes um little asks him what a faggot is and um he responds with a faggot is a word used to make gay people feel bad which then little proceeds to ask am i a faggot And he says, no, you're not a faggot. You can be gay, but you don't have to let nobody call you a faggot. That quote, oh man, the impact it had on me. To this day, I think about it so often. It's it's such an important quote, and it really sets the tone of the whole movie. Even though I'm pretty sure if memory serves, this takes place halfway through the actual movie. But it really sets the tone of what you're watching. It's like, wow. Like, that's it's an insane quote. It's just, it's so powerful. It's so, so incredibly powerful to hear, you know the word faggot being reclaimed and not used in a necessarily negative light 
like yes in in context it is used in a negative light but just the difference in tone between asking what a faggot is and saying that it's a word to make used to make gay people feel bad and then telling him that those two aren't necessarily related which faggot is used as like a slur and to make people feel bad about being gay and then him just explaining that even if you are gay you aren't necessarily a faggot you know based on the negative connotations behind the word it's just it's it's a really beautiful scene i highly recommend everybody listening to this if you haven't seen this movie please go watch it immediately as a queer person or even just as an ally it will really open your eyes to just how important representation is because if the world hadn't advanced as much as it did we wouldn't have this movie we wouldn't have this beautiful queer black story about just just a beautiful think piece really (laughs) i just i highly advise everyone to watch it if you haven't already i know i keep getting sidetracked a lot and i keep messing up my words but please bear with me (laughs) i have i have a lot to say about this moving on from moonlight another piece of queer media i like to talk about is the portrait of a lady on fire now i'm sure most of you have seen this movie or at least heard the name but maybe aren't fully clear about what it's about um basically it's um french i believe french queer love story that takes place um in the past i'm not i don't i honestly i don't remember the time frame and i like i said i want this to be kind of raw and unedited so i I didn't really bother researching any of this beforehand but i have seen this movie and it's it's just a beautiful story about two women in love and the ending to this is so heart-wrenching and it made me cry (laughs) for a few days honestly when i think about that movie all i remember is how hard i cried at the ending but i also remember how beautiful it was how beautiful the representation was how beautiful it was to just see two women in love it's a beautiful 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 thing especially as somebody who although i don't lean that way anymore necessarily i don't identify as a woman loving woman in any way but i did identify with that for a very big portion of my life so it's just beautiful to see myself or some version of myself represented in that way it was really 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 good and i also strongly recommend that movie to anyone who hasn't seen it and is looking for just a beautiful movie about two women in love that's the simplest way i can put it because i don't want to spoil any of it for any of you because 
this movie and Moonlight are just movies you have to experience for yourself. You just have to. It's <laughs> it's a rite of passage. I think so. Moving on, I wanted to talk about another topic that bothers me. But um this is the fetish fetishization of queer people in movies or media and just in person, honestly. So the most prominent example I can give of this right now is with music. You know, you hear male rappers rapping all the time about how oh um the the example at the tip of my tongue is um I think Drake saying uh, putting a line in one of his songs that's like I like girls who like girls and it's so exhausting it's like every time we make five steps forward we also go like four steps back it's it's crazy I really I really hope (laughs) I hope and pray that one day two women can kiss in public without being fetishized by a man it's it's truly it's so disgusting it's queer people are not anybody's fetish and they shouldn't be they really they really shouldn't be just like you don't fetishize straight couples you definitely should not be fetishizing a queer couple and uh another example of this is um the song although this is a great song and i listen to it a lot um it's lost in the fire by an artist whose name i cannot pronounce but the main person singing on this is the weekend and don't get me wrong i love the weekend don fm great album but one of the lines is um said you might be in the girls said you're going through a phase and that bothers me that bothers me that queer people as long as we've existed for the amount of years that we've existed for the amount of rich history that we have to be seen as people who are going through a phase to this is very specific to lesbians right now because it's just the first thing i can think of but to be seen as objects to be seen as oh haha two two women are kissing let's let's holler at them um i can turn you straight Woo-hoo. i hate that i hate that so much and unfortunately a lot of media represents not represents reinforces the idea that this is okay to do for some reason even though queer people have been speaking out about it for literally years now and it's crazy how we just we as people we kind of have two very huge extremes of oh queer people should die and rot in hell and queer people are hot i get off on uh, i get off to lesbian porn that's crazy that's crazy why is there not a middle why is there not a middle of letting queer people exist for who they are and letting them love who they love in peace it is 
absolutely so insane to me that I even have to say this, that I even have to talk about this. And this again, this is just my experience as one queer person. So imagine how sick the entire community is of hearing this, of seeing this, of being represented this way. It's it's just it's a little crazy to me, honestly. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about is how fetishized queer people are on dating apps. Now, moving to a country where I'm not in school right now, and I essentially only have a social life for dating apps, it is crazy to me how some people are just so entitled. Now, this personally hasn't happened to me, but I've heard with apps like Grindr or tinder or any of the other dating apps that we know of today there will be people who will fetishize trans men fetishize trans women reduce them down to their genitals it's sickening honestly it is very sickening very disappointing and it's awful that the year that we're currently living in that this day and age that this still happens still very widespread it's just it's crazy to me how queer people have become a subject of fantasies have become a subject of oh this is taboo and wrong i want it so badly no no queer people are not your fetish Queer people are existing and loving people like everybody else. And again, I really hate the fact that I'm even talking about this. I I have been heavily fetishized by a lot of people, not just on dating apps, um, for being non-binary, but being very um, feminine, um... For, you know, having a a bigger chest. For, you know, not presenting myself in a way that falls under people's typical perception of how a non-binary person should be. Because at the time that we're currently at right now, when you first come out as non-binary to somebody... Um, their assumptions are either that you're androgynous or that you go only by they them, <laughs> which is another topic that bothers me, but I'll get back to that. And anybody who falls outside of those basic, um, I guess, guidelines to what most people think a non-binary person should be, just gets fetishized just gets fetishized or scrutinized or not taken seriously but yeah what bothers me a lot is mostly the fetishization it's just why do you see somebody who's different from you and decide that's what i want to get off to it's just it's it's disgusting i i do not appreciate it i do not think we as society should still be doing this 
I apologize for how broad this might be. I'm really not good at going into specifics of topics, but this entire episode, recording, podcast, whatever you want to call it, I just wanted to dedicate to just the LGBT community, um, gender, sexuality, representation, uh, fetishization. I wanted to talk about the community as a whole with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, everything, everything about it from A to Z. And another thing I wanted to talk about, actually, while we're on the topic, is discourse. Now, there's a lot of discourse within the community, not just outside of it, of who and what queer people should be. And this dates back to really early, probably the most prominent example I can think of, again, would be Tumblr discourse where people were saying, oh, if you're, you're, um, you know, if you're not a certain sexuality, you can't act a certain way. If you don't use certain pronouns, you can't be a certain sexuality. And probably the example I remember seeing a lot about is lesbians who use different pronouns. Now, for a long time, I identified as a lesbian who used um, he-they pronouns, he-him pronouns, they-them pronouns, and I say all three of those because I did fluctuate between them a lot. I didn't just identify as a lesbian with he-him pronouns or he-they. I, I ran the whole thing to its course, if that makes any sense. Um, so yeah, I remember just seeing like, oh, like they-them lesbians aren't valid. Uh, he him lesbians aren't valid because a lot of people equate pronouns to gender which doesn't make any sense because at the end of the day (laughs) pronouns are literally just the way we refer to people everybody has them despite what republicans (laughs) like to argue and it, it truly makes me laugh when people use pronouns in bio as a comeback (laughs) as if we don't all have pronouns because you know they're part of every language to ever exist ever but yeah um point being i don't know how else to wrap this up (laughs) i was planning on talking for a lot more but i got very sidetracked and now i don't have the energy to finish this but if you listened this far i hope you enjoyed it um I promise the next few episodes I do will be much better than this, much more organized. I might even do some research for some of them, (laughs) which is a wild thing to say because I never thought I would ever start a podcast on a whim, but um, here we are. Anyways, that was the first episode. I hope you enjoyed. I will definitely be back for more because I have a lot of time to kill. And I love talking about things that I have some background on. And apparently, it's entertaining other people too. So, yeah, that's it. Um, Have a good day, have a good evening, have a good night, whatever time it is you're listening to this. And peace out. <laughs>